Welcome to All Villa, No Filler. Please like and subscribe below. Aston Villa have been busy this summer already and there's no doubt plenty more to come. To talk more about that, I'm joined today by CBS football journalist and Villa fan Jonathan Johnson. Firstly, Jonathan, what have you made of Aston Villa's summer so far? Hey, thanks a lot for having me back on. Always a, always a pleasure to come on and chat, Villa. Um, I've been quite satisfied so far with Villa's uh, with, with Villa's summer. I think that Tiedemans was a, a good addition, uh, you know, quite opportunistic. Um, and then obviously, you know, the the Potores, um, you know, rumours are, are quite exciting uh, as well. But I, th- I think the thing that is most exciting uh, at this moment in time, if you're a Villa fan, is sort of the, the wave of positivity that we've kind of been surfing uh, these last couple of months, uh, you know, and the, the changes that are being, uh, you know, put into place away from the pitch. Uh, you know, it seems like... Uh, you know, there's uh, a, a real purpose and a real vision to, to what Villa are trying to, to go about achieving. And, you know, to, to bring in guys like Monchi, uh, you know, that's a, a massive coup for a, for a club like Villa. And if you told us sort of, uh, you know, just a couple of months into last season that, you know, we'd sort of be in this position now, I think, uh, you know, we would, as Villa fans would have been in, you know, disbelief and shock. Uh, you know, but now to sort of find ourselves here, it feels like, um, you know, even if on the surface it might seem that Villa are not necessarily the most active of clubs on the transfer front at this moment in time, uh, you know, the the changes uh, that have been sort of going on and taking place behind the scenes, uh, you know, have really been substantial. So, you know, I think it's a really good time to to be a Villa fan and to be sort of like in and around the club. And I'm curious to see now how things step up because we all know that Monchi, uh, you know, got to work uh, with Villa, uh, you know, from the beginning of July, uh, you know, so I do think that things will will start to step up. We've already seen some players linked with a move away, uh, you know, other players sort of, uh, you know, linked with uh, with moves to Villa Park. Uh, and I think sort of getting Emery and Monchi together, uh, you know, having them on the same page, uh, you know, Vidagani as well, um, you know, I think we will see Villa, uh, you know, really sort of, uh, you know, start to, to try and make some moves over the coming sort of what, six weeks plus uh, of the, the transfer window that remains. Because you mentioned Monchi there, obviously he's a very, he's a name that, you know, anybody who's followed European football and seen the success of Sevilla knows about Monchi, but also, you know, remembers this brief spell at Roma, which didn't go so well. Um, but how sort of confident are you, you know, with Monchi coming into Villa that he can, you know, work some magic, particularly as he's working with, closely with a manager who he had great success with before at Sevilla? I mean, I th- I think it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real positive that they have that working relationship, that pre-existing working relationship from before. Uh, the other thing that I find really curious is that the Monchi's coming in in a different role than he's had before. He's not sort of coming in as a sporting director where, you know, he's basically going to be in charge of sort of the, you know, the ins and outs. It's more um, sort of like a, a more sort of global head of football uh, you know, kind of role, which suggests that in terms of some of the transfer dealings, uh, you know, perhaps the, there is going to be greater input from from other people, notably Emery himself, but also, uh, you know, this recruitment team that's in the process of uh, being assembled these uh, these past couple of months. So, you know, I do find that, uh, you know, quite quite interesting because it it's almost as if Monchi is going to be sort of left to, uh, you know, to, to sort of structure, uh, you know, the 
you know the the club essentially in a in footballing terms uh you know sort of set up like pathways into the senior side from youth level uh but also uh, you know sort of be in charge of sort of you know how roughly how big the senior squad is going to be for example uh you know players who can be sort of you know coming in and out on loan uh and you know that i think is something that that monchi is you know absolutely specialized in over the years and obviously Sevilla is his is his greatest work but equally you know people see sort of his spell with Roma as something to, to sort of criticize him by and sort of question his uh his legacy because of but equally you know very very few people in this world can boast a career where they've had nothing but success from start to finish there's always going to be some sort of setbacks and it's sort of looking at how sort of Monchi kind of processed those struggles that he had with Roma because you know let's kind of contextualize that as well Roma is not an easy club mm. uh, you know to, to run uh, you know they have massive expectations uh, you know then they sort of haven't sort of been known kind of in modern terms as a, a, as a club that regularly wins silverware obviously they've enjoyed a, a decent spell of success of late under Jose Mourinho in Europe but uh, you know they've sort of not been known as sort of perennial title challengers in Serie A, for example. So you know it was already quite a, a tricky environment, and it's not necessarily one that's gotten any easier since he left. So I don't think we should necessarily be that harsh uh, about Monchi's time, uh, you know, with Roma and the fact that he sort of went back to Sevilla and once again enjoyed a bit of success. Uh, obviously, it was a difficult season last season, but they still managed to, uh, you know, ultimately salvage, uh, you know, some uh, some Champions League qualification by, uh, you know, winning the Europa League. He seems cut out to work and to excel at a club that has the kind of um, hopes for the future that Villa have the you know the sort of forward proje- projection in, in terms of the the, the project that is being uh assembled uh and whereas roma uh, you know there's an expectation which i'm not going to necessarily say is unrealistic because they are at the end of the day uh you know the the capital club in uh in italy so you know they are sort of within their rights to expect uh you know that the club would be one of the uh the the strongest in the country but i i think the villas um aspirations at this moment in time are probably a better fit with what um, Monchi has achieved throughout the majority of his career than perhaps Roma was at that moment. Yeah, totally agree with that. That was my thinking on it as well when he came in. And, um, you know, Pal Torres, he's uh, not officially signed yet, but it looks like the movement's there that he is going to sign for Aston Villa for more than £30 million. A centre-back, you know, considering Villa's centre-back's really improved under uh, Unai Emery with, in Mings and Konza. Are you surprised Villa went um, for a centre-back? And, uh, you know, with Torres coming in left-footed, do you think he might play alongside Mings or could it even be playing alongside Concert? Uh, it's an interesting one because, I mean, I think every time that anyone kind of has this conversation, they completely forget that we've got Diego Carlos as well, who was, <laughs> uh, you know, sort of the, the celebrated uh, defensive arrival, uh, you know, last summer. Obviously, uh, you know, quickly went sour because of that very unfortunate injury that he picked up. And you do have to hope that he will be able to get back to his best but you also wonder uh, if there is sort of a a recognition at Villa that he's perhaps not going to be the same player that he was before he got injured I think uh, as well sort of the interesting thing uh, in terms of talking about Konza is the fact that uh, you know we now have fewer options at right back 
you know, it sort of seems like if a suitable offer comes in for somebody like Matty Cash, there could be, uh, you know, um, a deal done and, and Villa, you know, perhaps look to bring in a slightly different profile of player. We know that Ashley Young has been moved on and he's sort of, uh, you know, been kind of the backup in that position. But Conso, we've known to be, you know, a very solid, reliable player. Uh, performer at right back as well and perhaps that's part of Emery's thinking that Conser will be a central defensive option but equally uh, you know could provide some solidity on the right side of defence it, it very much uh, you know reminds me of the situation that we saw at Villarreal where you had uh, Juan Foyth um, you know who sort of sometimes played centre back sometimes played right back uh, you know and I think there will be Emery looking for uh, you know, quite a bit of versatility from uh, from some of these players. And I wouldn't rule out as well sort of seeing a left footer, for example, perhaps even a Torres, uh, you know, kind of playing on the left side of defence to provide a bit more, uh, you know, solidity in a similar way that Conser might be asked to do that next season. Uh, the one thing that I would say is I think that defence uh, is a work in progress. So I think it's probably a little too early to predict who will be starting, who won't be. Um, I think based on the, the way that he's performed, uh, you know, uh, certainly, uh, you know, over the, the second half of last season, it would be harsh on Mings to, to suddenly be relegated to the bench. Uh, you know, and I do think there will be a period where Torres sort of has to, uh, you know, prove himself before uh, sort of being handed a, a starting 11 role. But it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, first sort of couple of lineups of the new season and pre-season under Emery as well. You know, certain players are going to be uh, unavailable, unfortunately. We've just lost Ramsey as well. Um mm the under 21 euros. So, uh, you know, there is going to be sort of a reshuffling of the cards, uh, so to speak, and an opportunity to impress for some players who perhaps might feel like they sort of dropped off of the radar a little bit towards the end of last season. So whatever happens in whatever position, whether it's defence, whether it's further forward, I don't think that necessarily anything will be set in stone uh, sort of based on the the first couple of outings that we see in the friendlies. And I think pre-season is going to be more important now than it has been in many years mm. given that we're going to have to go into the qualification rounds uh, of the of the conference league so it's you know a lot to be excited about but equally um you know i think we're all sort of waiting now for for the resumption of uh, of training uh, and potentially sort of the the first couple of uh, moves that you know once uh, you know some of these guys like monchi get their feet under the table all Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Now, one player who uh, formerly, you know, formerly of Monaco, uh, Leicester and uh, the, a Belgian international, Yuri Tielemans, has signed uh, on a free transfer. Uh, what are your thoughts on him joining Villa? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. He's a player that I've rated for a long time. I used to cover uh, the Belgian Pro League when he was coming through with Anderlecht and then obviously covering Liga. And I, you know, saw his development a bit uh, at Monaco as well. Uh, and then, you know, we all know what he's managed to do as part of that FA Cup winning team for Leicester uh, as well. You know, I think he's a he's he's a, a good player to have. I don't necessarily know whether I can see him. Uh, immediately sort of being a lock in a, in a starting 11 position. But at the same time, like I said, you know, there's going to be some opportunities, uh, you know, for, for players who are not necessarily part of that ideal starting 11 for Emery at the end of last season with sort of injuries and the, the sort of fitness um, question marks you always inevitably have at the beginning of every season. Uh, and I think that Tielemans brings, uh, you know, a lot to the table, something that's particularly useful, uh, especially given that Villa are, 
you know, we've kind of carved ourselves up this reputation of being uh, a set piece team is that Tiedemann's from set pieces is, is fantastic. Uh, and I think sort of having somebody who is uh, sort of, you know, proven uh, to have prowess, uh, you know, sort of in and around the box and also delivering corners, that's a big plus, uh, you know, for us to, to sort of add to, to the squad at this point. And the fact as well that he didn't come with a transfer fee as well, I, I, I wouldn't look too... Uh, too deep into the fact that he was part of a Leicester team that went down because I think there were a lot of players with quality better than you know uh, that of a relegation team. Uh, you know, we knew that of Villa as well when Villa dropped into the Championship that there were players who were better than that level, uh, and that you know the relegation based on the, the you know the the squad that there was on paper shouldn't have gone down. So I think Tiedemann's uh, you know on a free transfer was a, a shrewd bit of business. Uh, from Villa and fingers crossed there'll be uh, a bit more of it to come this summer. Yeah, very much indeed. Um, and, you know, when you look at the Villa team and think about the areas where it could still improve or strengthen, uh, where would you identify as the areas that you think, you know, Emery and Monchi will want to see the team get a bit better before the season starts? It's not necessarily, uh, you know, sort of a criticism of the players that we have in those positions at the moment, but I do think that, and it's been, you know, something that's uh, that's been kind of a thorn in Villa's side for the last couple of years is the consistency factor, certainly yeah. sort of out wide uh, in attacking areas. You know, Leon Bailey can be a phenomenal player on his day, but how often does he has though have those days? Probably not enough for the for the liking of most Villa fans. So I do think that perhaps uh, you know some attacking talent who uh, you know has uh, a greater level of consistency than that that we've sort of been treated to at Villa Park over the last couple of years would be a, a welcome plus. Probably a little bit of, uh, you know, sort of creativity and an impetus, uh, you know, going forward as well. You know, we've we've heard, uh, you know, the likes of um, Genduzi linked with Villa over sort of the last couple of months, certainly since Emery arrived, but now more recently, Lo Celso as well, or mm. Celso, however you pronounce it, uh, you know, from uh, Villarreal. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're quite interesting profiles. Um, and obviously Emery knows both of the players extremely well. Uh, he seems to have identified Villarreal as perhaps a better fit with what he's, uh, you know, trying to do than some of his other previous clubs. Like, obviously, he knew Genduzi from his time at Arsenal, but he's already identified Torres uh, as a very good fit from Villarreal and Lo Celso as well. Uh, you know, another player he's, you know, he's known from his time there. There were links as well with Nicholas Jackson, who's uh, eventually gone on to, to join Chelsea. So, yeah, I'd be keeping an eye on, especially sort of given the, the Spanish influx that we have behind the scenes there would be sort of a logical um sort of focus on that market uh, given that everybody involved sort of knows the value uh, of those players and, and sort of what they can bring in terms of sort of the specific positional needs right and if filler can get those players into sort of uh, i guess add more competition uh in the areas that we hope they can and you know with the other signings we've made um what do you think Villa could, you know, realistically aim for this season? I mean, I think, you know, where Villa are now in terms of the the project, realistically, you have to expect things to kind of level out uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I think it would be very difficult for us to maintain the kind of pace that we set uh, since Emery's arrival over the entirety of a season. But equally, sort of having a full pre-season under their belts and, and getting the campaign underway under Emery. Uh, you know, I think we can expect greater consistency, uh, you know, from Villa. I don't think that we'll, 
you know, maintain the same pace because I know a lot of people were getting very excited about the fact that if it played out over a full season, Villa would have finished in a Champions League position based on the points picked up per game. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, you know, realistically, Villa have to be targeting improvement year on year. So what are the ways that Villa can improve, uh, you know, this coming season on the season just gone? Uh, you know, obviously not start the season as slow as, as slowly as we did. Uh, you know, fingers crossed there aren't as many injuries as well because we know that they hampered us, uh, you know, pretty much from day one. Uh, but I do think that Villa should expect themselves to be a more serious cup team next season, both in terms of FA Cup and League Cup, because they're potential routes into Europe. And ultimately, I think if Villa can finish in a Europa League position, then that for me is is progress. I I wouldn't be sort of shouting about expecting to you know to potentially qualify for the Champions League. Uh, similar to the way that Newcastle United have done. Obviously, it would be great if that could happen and I wouldn't totally rule it out. But equally, I think, uh, you know, sort of the goal set should probably be a little more realistic to start with. So for me, I think that, you know, a good cup run, you know, potentially even picking a cup and getting into the, the Europa League that way, uh, either that or finishing in a Europa League qualification position via the league, I think that would represent progress for Villa because at the end of the day, the project now is built around Villa continuing to, to qualify for Europe and sort of getting back there for the first time in over 10 years and getting used to being at that level again where you're playing in the league, you know, domestically uh, each weekend, but you're playing in Europe in midweek. That's going to take some getting used to, despite the fact that Emery obviously is extremely used to it from his previous postings. A lot of these players in the Villa squad at this moment in time will be playing European competition or continental competition for the first time in their careers. So that is going to take some getting used to. But I think based on the squad that we have on paper, you know, I think, you know, you could argue that Villa should really be having a good go um, at the Conference League this coming season and at least sort of one of the, the two domestic cups. But I think probably speak for the fan base uh, in its entirety that, you know, it's been a long, long time since Villa have been sort of close to potentially winning some silverware and whatever silverware that might be, it would be really nice to sort of get to the business end of a, a competition, uh, you know, and, and really potentially have something to, to go out there and try and win. Okay, thank you, Jonathan. It's been absolutely brilliant to chat to you. It's always great to hear what you have to say about the Villa and just wider football in general. Um, for those who don't know, where can we find you online? It is difficult these days with Twitter threads and so many things going on, but uh, where can we find you online? Uh, thanks a lot for having me. It's always a pleasure and I look forward to doing this again once the season is underway. Best place to find me still, uh, you know, staying very old school with Twitter at J-O-N underscore Legosip. And that's where you'll find all my articles, links to, to podcast appearances, video, YouTube, whatever. Uh, you know, it all basically appears there. Maybe I'll be making an appearance on threads once we're allowed to have that in the EU for the moment. Uh, I'll, I'll just be sticking with uh, with Twitter. But, uh, you know, in the event that it does finally drop offline, as has uh, threatened to be the case in the last couple of years, uh, I'm sure I'll try to find some way uh, to still exist under the same genre. Lego Steve Monica.